I'm black, y'all, and I'm back, y'all, and I'm blingity black, and I'm black, y'all, because I'm back, y'all, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm blingity black, and I'm back, y'all. <laughs> if you know that reference, you are family. I just want to let you know that right now. Welcome to the Audacious Adri Show, season two. I'm Adri, and I'm so glad you're here. Let me tell you a little bit about our show. Now, I'm using my platform to improve physical, mental, and most of all, spiritual health. We're going to use tools and have honest discussions to bring awareness to our current conditions so that we can improve our physical, mental, and spiritual health so that we can live abundant life. And I want to, I want to talk about the things that I'm learning. I want to give you tools. I want to tell you about my journey so that I can help you and you can help me and we can all help each other because we are what a community. Okay. Shameless plug. Also every Monday at nine o'clock in the morning, Pacific time, I have something called Bible and tea with Adri and that is on IG live and you can follow me at audacious Adri show little little shameless plug um I am someone who loves the Lord and I'm on a journey I used to be an atheist y'all and we're on a journey to salvation and just living abundant life and one of the things that helped me in my journey and in my and the lowest of lows that I've experienced, and I've discussed them in season one of the show, um, is the Bible, the scripture, the word. There's a verse that says the, the word does not rec- uh, come back void. So we, we go through the Bible every Monday and it's just been incredible. I just launched it last week. So um, at the time of this airing, um, hopefully Thursday or Friday of this week, <laughs> we'll see what happens. But um, in a few more days, it'll be the second week and we're going through the gospels right now and the, and the Holy Bible and the new Testament. And I believe we're, we left off at like Matthew four. And the reason I call it Bible and tea is because like, we're going to be reading the Bible. We're going to be having tea. Cause I like to wake up every morning and do a devotional and drink some tea. But like, like I've said, like the Bible is better than a telenova. Okay. It's better than a Korean soap opera. It's just so juicy. And I love to share in that with you all. So everybody is welcome. I think it's going to be really, um, it's just, it makes you feel good. You know, it's just, it, it's a great way to start the week and it, you can check it out on my IGTV. So if you miss it, cause I know a lot of people are working on the East coast or even on the West coast. Then, uh, I mean, honestly, people on the West coast, like who knows when they go to work, like sometimes like I'll be driving at like 1 15 in the afternoon on the on the freeway and like it's there's traffic i'm like don't nobody at work why isn't anybody at work <laughs> people literally like i don't know what they do out here but somehow they manage to live in million dollar homes not my business okay but anywho um you can always catch the replay and i'm trying to figure out how to get it like on other platforms so if anybody knows how to do that please let me know because technology is not my friend so <laughs> so yeah let's let's get a recap going I'm audacious Adri I'm a 30 something don't be nosy <laughs> from upstate New York go bills I recently moved to California to cure my depression and follow my dreams Navigate with me, will you, through all of the things in this COVID kind of world.
So the last time we spoke, I think it was maybe like the like mid August. Um, we did a a um a Q and A, which was so much fun. It was my one of like my top three most popular episodes. So apparently y'all like to be in my business and I'm cool with that. I don't care. <laughs> For the most part, I'm an open book about certain things. So it was it was really great. And I did tell some stories about like, you know, um, my experiences out here. And I just I really had a lot of fun with that episode. And I had decided to take a break just a few weeks to it's probably been about a month at this point, honestly, but I, I, I wanted to take a break because I feel like I just needed to rest. I just needed to rest. As you can tell, I mean, my name is Audacious Adri. You know, I do a lot of talking and I am quick to, you know, let my opinions be known. I'm very loud about thing, about how I feel. And I was like, you know what? I think it's time for me to listen. Like it's, well, no, I did not make that decision. I was feeling as though God was telling me that it's time to, to, to shut my mouth essentially and listen to what the universe or listen to what the Holy Spirit or listen to what God's people were trying to say. And, you know, this time off, I I really missed podcasting, but I felt like season one, like I had said all that I needed to say, and it was so much fun and it was very difficult and it was very, um, what would be the word? It was just very raw. Like I shared so much with you all and I tend to be like a pretty private person. So to share all of that information with you all was, a, it, it was a lot. And I had been podcasting since March. So March, April, May, June, July, wait, March, April, March, April, <laughs> I can't even add January, March, April, May, June, July, August, five months of just like straight, hardcore, raw, emotion and and all that I had been through and it was it's a lot (laughs) it's a lot I feel like when I don't know if you some of y'all probably don't know what this is you probably know more like tiny desk but previous to tiny desk was MTV unplugged and it was where like a singer would like not use backing tracks and not use a lot of production it would just be like them background singers the band and an audience and some of these performances were like are like the most iconic I would definitely recommend you look it up on YouTube if you're really into music but it was just like a stripped down um production and performance and it was like very intimate and I truly feel like that was what this this project has been this podcast has been me literally recording in my car just the things that have been going on and it's just me and you you know me and all of you my 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 listeners my supporters my family and it's been it's it's been great but it's been very different so I I love what I do and it's been great oh another shameless plug just so you know now this is a job for me you know this is something that I started off as, you know, trying to pursue full-time, but one thing I noticed is Los Angeles is very expensive, very expensive, and so I tried to do this, you know, full-time, and I learned quickly that it's, it wasn't the time, but I just want to let you know, if you love this podcast and you really want to support me and really want to bless me you can follow me on patreon patreon.com slash audacious adri show and 
if you become a, a, um, a patron, there are lots of perks. Like I put out content on Patreon that nobody else sees. I let patrons know prior to when I, you know, before I launched the Bible and tea, they knew about it. Um, before, when I was going to take a break, they knew first anything that I do, they're going to know first. There are just, there's, there's, um, there's perks, you know, there, there's, downloads I get there's videos that I make and only the patreons get them you know what I mean so if you want to do that you can start at different levels there's like five dollars a month there's ten dollars a month there's twenty dollars a month that way you can support my art and, and you can make it happen so that I can continue to do this and because I mean you know like I want to grow this podcast and you know we're in America okay money talks so just a little shameless plug So anywho, so as I've been taking some time off, I've just been like sitting and thinking and listening and really getting into the word and just really trying to listen to what God is trying to say. And it's been really, really great. And I'm really thankful. And we've come a long way since episode one. Episode one, I was in San Diego and I had been working a job that I hated and I was working for the plastic surgery industry and I really, really hated it so much. And just, that's a whole nother episode, but you know, San Diego didn't work out and I'm very thankful, but you know, I'm thankful for my time that I had there. So here I am in LA and things are going great and God is so good. And you know, I'm just forever thankful and it's now fall and it's getting really chilly and I'm wearing like sweaters now it's so weird it it actually makes me feel it actually feels very homey to me right now because it was like it's like very cloudy in the morning sometimes and like it's a little windy and those it is officially sweater weather and it I'm from upstate New York and though honestly Upstate New York is gorgeous, but it's like winter. It's cold like most of the year. But one thing I will say is the fall is the best. So it makes me like happy that this cooling down a bit. Because I think this is like one of the hottest summers for a long time. And it just kind of makes me feel homey a bit. So I, I, I'm i loving the fall. Um, What did I do like during this time? Honestly, like I slept, I napped, I worked out a lot. Um, what else do I'm so boring y'all like I really don't be doing much. I just be like reading and like on on the internet then I get off the internet then I get back on okay I'm just coming back. I'm just kidding and then I get off <laughs> and I, I really took some time off on this podcast. I really didn't like think about it. It was, it was really nice. Okay, so I didn't really do much so there's not really much to say. But this past weekend, I went to go see the movie Respect, which is the Aretha the Queen Franklin's biopic. Do y'all say biopic or y'all say biopic? I like biopic. Like, that's how I was raised. Um, Biopic just sounds like medical. (laughs) It sounds medical to me. Does it sound medical to you? So anyways, I saw the Aretha Franklin biopic and I'm... I'm really happy that I saw it when I did because I went to Crenshaw. If you don't know what Crenshaw is, like, then you ain't ba- then you ain't black in my Biden voice. No, Crenshaw is just like a really long street that runs through like Inglewood and um, um, Baldwin Hills, and it's just like the the more 
urban side of town. And I'm so glad that I went to this theater because it, it was all black folks. And during the movie, we heard, amen, hallelujah, <laughs> clapping, singing, lots of talking. And I, I just felt so at home. I felt so good because I was singing. I was definitely talking. I was definitely yelling at the movie. And like a lot of people don't like to go to movies with me because I talk so because I talk so much so I was like see I'm right at home right at home and um like when the music was playing at the end like everybody like got up and was dancing and singing and I was so happy to be able to to do that it was really really good so as I was watching the movie I already hadn't I already knew what I wanted to talk about today but the movie really just like sealed the deal for me because there was like a lot of different themes that I think are relevant to what we're going to talk about today. And, you know, I think I don't want to, I'm going to try my best not to ruin the movie. Honestly, I'm just going to do it. Spoiler alert, spoiler alert. I'm just going to tell you now because knowing me, I might just ruin the movie for you. But I mean, like, it's not like you don't know what happens to her, essentially. (laughs) It's not like you don't know that respect became, like, a big hit. Like, that's not a secret, okay? So, big whoop. But honestly, if you if you haven't seen the movie, like you can listen like it, it. I might spoil it a little bit. And there are some things because I you know, I did my research on this one. I love side note. I love Aretha Franklin. I love her. I grew up. Um, I grew up listening to her as a child. My fun fact, my grandparents owned a record store um, in in the old days and I was talking to my grandma about it and she's like, oh yeah, we had her gospel records and they sold really well there. So like my family is ministry family, gospel family, save, sing, five, fill with the Holy Ghost, all of that. Um, and they know more like the gospel side of her and they knew, I mean, they knew like her hits and stuff, but like, so my, my grandparents know the, the gospel side of her. I knew more of like the eighties and nineties side of her. And then when I got older, I learned more about like the fifties and sixties side of her. Cause I do love like older music. So it's, it's incredible. She's, I just, I just look up to her and I just, I'm so thankful for her talent and for her story because that woman was very, very, very strong. So I think we should talk about the themes of the movie and how they pertain to what I'm going to talk about today. So join me, join me on this journey, darling. If you need to pause and grab something, I don't know, do you pause something when you're listening to podcasts? Like you won't miss it or do you like go and grab something while you're listening? I don't know. Do what you need to do because it's going to get juicy. Okay, so I'm going to like tell you a little bit about Aretha's life and then I'm going to tell you about what I want to talk about today. So Aretha grew up like to a very famous father. Her father was a Baptist minister and he was like very famous. He was like a celebrity and my grandma told me that his sermons were on the radio, which was like well, no, a lot of sermons were on the radio, but like his sermons were very, very popular. And I think they used to sell them. I think my grandparents used to sell them or like other record stores used to sell his sermons 
on the re- on records at you know different stores, and he was just like widely known. And as you know, from birth, Aretha was singing like she had this. She was a prodigy. Like she learned how to play the piano by ear. And if anybody knows anything about Miss Franklin, she was just gifted on the keys. And I believe she might have taken some lessons like later in life, like or like as a child, but her talent was definitely a gift from God. Like anybody that plays the keys knows that like it's not easy. Like I tried to teach myself how to play the piano and it's not easy. So she was gifted with um with the keys and gifted with voice and her father um would, you know, have her sing in church and they would travel together all over the country and sing. And also on the other side of it, her father, it seems as though <laughs> I'm not putting no judgment on him, but I mean, who am I, who am I to judge? But he didn't seem, he seemed to have another side to him. He used to throw these really wild parties. And it's really interesting because these parties like Ella Fitz, allegedly Ella Fitzgerald was there. If you know anything about her, she's a very famous jazz singer. Um, I believe Duke Ellington was there. Um, Sam Cooke was there. This is all alleged, all alleged, all alleged. This is what was in the movie. Sam Cooke was there. Um, and all of these like really famous singers, gospel and, um, what you would call secular. So like music that's like not gospel, we would call that secular. And she grew up around like all these talented, talented singers. So she just grew up like, we grew up around the best. You kind of learn the tricks of the trade, right? So she ended up, um, traveling all over and doing all these really cool things side note skirt skirt she got pregnant at the age of 12 and it's very um it's our it's kind of argued who the father is of 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 her um they said that it was a local person um and then like a classmate of hers and you know that's what they're saying and and she also got pregnant two years later and I don't I think they said that the father was like another person and there is a really really nasty um allegation out there that I can't even say it is how like gross it is I just want you to look it up yourself but it's saying the the streets are saying allegedly that somebody in her family was the father to her children and it's really sick and I it adds another layer upon the trauma but at the end of the day we can all agree that getting raped that's just what it is at the tender age of 12 and then later 14 and then having children um, having those children is, is, is a lot. It's a lot for an adult woman, but I can imagine it being a lot for a small child because 12 and 14, you're a small child to me, honestly. Um, and because of the, the abuse, she became kind of hypersexual and it's so crazy to me because in the movie, I heard this, an older couple behind me saying, oh, you know, Aretha was fast when she was growing up. And I, 
looked around like they couldn't see me but I looked around like see this is the narrative that people say for 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 children and I so it's so wild I didn't even plan this I just so happened to see a video about children that are victims of of abuse of sexual abuse it said in the video by this um psychologist that children that are victims of abuse tend to be hypersexualized they have like kind of an obsession with genitals or with um with sex and i did not mean for this episode to go this way it, it went <laughs> it went left real quick but it's just really important, okay? So just be let let's be adults here, okay? Let's be let's be grown-ups. But um that's a victim. I mean, that is a, a characteristic of somebody who has experienced sexual abuse. So she was hypersexual. And so, you know, after being, you know, traveling the world and doing all these things, she, she was really, really wanting to get a record deal. So she finally ended up getting one. I think she might have been like late teens possibly and she ended up getting it and she was singing like a lot of standards with with big bands and she did like like eight or nine maybe even 10 albums and they really weren't going anywhere and she started to get really depressed about it because she thought like this was her big break and her she ended up like she started to become tardy to recordings and like she started to get really sloppy about her work and this and hold hold put a pin in that because this tends to be a pattern in her life um and I want to say also in that in that video that I watched today it says that behavior the behaviors that a child exhibits when they you know during or after the abuse they start the acting up in class they start wanting to run away from home, they start to exhibit like some really poor behavior. And I said in the in the IG video, I said, you know, I took a management class and the management class said, you know, if your employee starts like, and they, were not, and they weren't this way before, like when you hired them, they were on their P's and Q's and they start to show up late, don't show up for work, start being disrespectful. If they sway any, anywhere from their previous consistent behaviors, there is something going on. And it's not because they're a terrible person, it's because there's something going on and you need to have a conversation. And I seem to think that that's what needed to happen with her, right? Because she was probably processing all that was going on also her mother her parents split up when she was very young and her mother passed away at the age of 10 well like when she was 10 her mother passed away very young and it was very traumatic so it's another traumatic thing for her so she lived with her her, her father and her grandmother on her father's side so she gets this, she gets this deal. She starts like exhibiting these behaviors. Her father is really angry with her because he's managing her and she's kind of making him look bad in a way because he's trying to be in good graces with these record companies because I mean, they're writing the checks. So she ends up meeting this guy who was allegedly a pimp. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> she, there was a, there was a scene in the movie and I didn't know, like I didn't, maybe I'm just like slow. Oh God, that's not, I can't say that. Maybe I just, sorry. (laughs) 
maybe I just didn't understand. Like maybe I just wasn't quick enough to get that reference, but she was like, I don't care what you do. So clearly she was okay with like this kind of like lifestyle and she was not afraid of things like sex work. So, oh, rewind, rewind, rewind. I cannot forget this. Speaking of that, she had been showing up late for rehearsals or for recordings and she and her father was like, you are embarrassing us. Like you need to do better. And the, I think like the head of the record company was like, no big deal. Like I've dealt with like Liza Minnelli and Billie Holiday who like openly had drug problems. He's like, tardiness is something I can handle. And she said something like smart to her father and her father smacked her across her face, like in front of all these people. So keep that in mind, right? So after her father completely embarrassed her and abused her in front of all those people, she went and recorded her song and went about her business. Strong, strong woman. Um, So she meets this guy who's a pimp and he's, you know, he's pretty sweet on her. They, you know, hook up or whatever. And she's like, okay, well, come to dinner at my, at my dad's house. And her dad, like I said, used to have these really big parties and he knew who this man was. This man was in, he was close enough in the circle to come to the parties. And he was like, absolutely not. Like, why are you here having dinner with my family? I know what you do. He got his 25 out and was like, all right, pop, pop, pop. Like you can get it. And she was like, no, you were not going to touch him. I'm leaving with him. I want to break. I want to break our contract for you. I want to fire you as my manager. He's going to manage me. Sorry, Papa, don't preach. I'm in trouble deep. <laughs> um, she was just like, I'm out of here and I'm going to go with my bad boy partner. And I feel like, side note, I feel like that's like such a moment in like, in like TV slash movies slash like real life. Like so many of us like, wanted to be with bad boys to like get independence from our families just to be like I'm an adult and I'm gonna be with this really crappy guy because I'm an adult and that's what I want to do and it's so stupid but our parents have enough grace and they they know that we need to go through that because it's what helps us like that's what helps us grow. We, they can't, they can, what are they going to do? They can't stop us. So they got to let us be adults. They got to let us be, I'm doing air quotes, adults. And that actually reminds me of another story, but I'll say this before I tell the story. Um, the father was like, you are going to regret this. You're going to be crawling back to me and I'm not going to take you back. And I was like, oh, that's not really like a nice thing to say. Like watch your words, but okay, go off sis. So it reminds me of a story in the Bible of the prodigal son. So the prodigal son, it was two sons and the father had like lots of money. And the the son was the second born and, and it was a Jewish family. And typically in a Jewish family, the first, the oldest son gets like the best inheritance. I think like, I don't remember like how it is, but I think it's like 60, 40. So like if the father passes away, like the older son gets like 60% and like the younger son gets 40%. So the younger son came to the father and was like, um, hi dad, I want my inheritance now. And what he did was like super inappropriate because he was basically like, that's like if your parents had like an insurance policy out and you were like, I'm not, I don't want to wait till you die. I want my money now. (laughs) like imagine going to your freaking parents and being like um 
hi, I don't want to wait. I want it now. So it's like super offensive. So he went to the father and was like, I want my money now. And the father was like, what? Okay, fine. Have your money. So he took his money and he parted it up, he parted it up. He drank it up. He might have, you know, snorted it up. He spent it on some, oof, I'm y'all, I'm trying not to cuss. Try not to cuss. <laughs> he spent it on um, women of the night and he squandered his money. And at one point he was living in like a pig's, like he was living in a pigsty and he was eating what the pigs were eating. And if you know anything about Jewish um, culture, they do not like they have kosher food. Like they don't play about the cleanliness of their food. Like the food needs to be prepared in like a holy way. They do not mess with swine, no swine. So he was not only eating what pigs eat, but he was living amongst the pigs, right? So he was living in filth and was like, you know what? This ain't it. This ain't it. I'm going back to my father's house. I'm going to beg my father to take me back and I will work for him. I don't care. So he picks himself up and he goes back to the father's house and he says, I've sinned. (laughs) I messed up. Help. And instead of the father being like, screw you, like I was right. The father was like, I'm so happy that you are here. Grab, grab the freaking grab the the robe the royal robe grab the royal ring kill the the biggest cow we kill the cow that we were fattening up for a celebration we are celebrating now because my son is home and i could tell a whole story about the other son and how he felt about it and like we could talk about sibling jealousy that may, may be another episode but that is the story of the prodigal son and i think a lot of us as you know children of parents have had like these crazy lives in our 20s or in our teens or even in our 30s and we said screw you I'm gonna leave all that I've ever known I'm gonna leave my morals I'm gonna leave you know all that you've ever taught me and I am going to do what I think is best and science says that our brain don't fully develop until the age of 25 so like most of what we're doing until the age of 25 is just like a big hot mess so that's exactly what Miss Aretha did. <laughs> she ended up, you know, I, I don't know if she got married to this fellow, but they had a child together and she ended up like in a really interesting situation. She ended up getting another record deal, a better record deal. And it kind of put her more in control of her music instead of her father like doing, he kind of, he's he was giving off like, the, his management skills were kind of giving off Matthew Knowles. It was giving off like, This is what you need to do to, like, be accepted in white society instead of, like, this is the music that you need to do that is fitting for you and that gives you, like, um, artistic creation. Because, like, when Beyonce let go of Matthew as her manager, like, her career completely took off because she was able to have that creative control instead of her father. So, I know everything always comes back to Beyonce, truly. So they're in the studio making magic and she's and she's soaring and what i started to notice is that her partner at the time he started getting real jealous and he started provoke he started getting like provoked like one of the like one of the band members it was a white band it was some whole stuff around that one of the band members did get a little frisky put his hands on her he didn't put his hands on her but he was like he he she was not consenting to this touching and so it was not okay 
So they get back to the hotel and he's like, I don't like what was happening. And she was like, I know, like, it's it's fine. Like, you're overreacting. And he was like, I'm overreacting. And then the band manager came in and was like, hey, just so you know, so-and-so was getting a little handsy. Just so you know, for your safety, we fired him. And this was a white man in the South, in the 60s. And the 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 partner was just, like, provoking him and trying to, like, incite racism when this guy, I mean, I don't know him, This and this is just a movie, but he was being very respectful, I thought. And so the partner was just, like, getting upset, and they started, he started beating him up. Like, they started fighting. And after he was putting his hands on um, that guy, what did he do? put his hands on Miss Aretha. I know. And it's crazy because it paralleled when her father slapped her across the face. And there was a scene in the in the in the movie and I think this is like a very famous because it was written about in the tabloids allegedly he beat her up in a hotel lobby in front of other people. So there was some parallels with how her father treated her and how she allowed other men to treat her. So she, you go on to her career, she's getting all these accolades, she's doing really great, and she's just like soaring. Like everything that you could want in a career, she's, she's experiencing it. So she ends up breaking up with the really crappy person, which I was so happy. Um, she's, you know, doing new things, she's got things going on. And like the movie kind of like sped up to like, I believe the 70s. And her, her stage man or her road manager was like, Aretha, you keep being late for stuff pattern you keep missing shows what's the tea and you could see and like a lot of these scenes and like a lot of the scenes leading up to it she always had a drink in her hand and what I noticed about that because I didn't know anything about this because I for me like I didn't really care about her life her her personal life I just loved the music she wasn't a a, a uh, one of the celebrities that like I wanted to know everything about because she was like kind of private in a way which I respect but I didn't know that until now and it kind of makes sense because you're still, we're gonna notice a pattern here um she always had a drink in her hand but you know who also had a drink in his hand her father right her father always had a drink in his hand and there was one scene they were okay so they were really close with Martin Luther King like very very close like he was a family friend to them and basically like they were at a bar just like morning and they were both having a drink and just, you know, dealing with everything. And her father was like, you know, you are just so promiscuous and all you do is drink. And she goes, well, where do you think I learned it from? And that was the realest thing I had heard. You know, that was the realest thing she had said. So she's dealing with all these things, dealing with her fame, but also the trauma that had never been dealt with. And she's drinking, drinking, drinking. And they tried to, they tried to have like, an intervention and it did not go well it wasn't until she had a, um, a concert I don't remember where it was but there was a concert and she fell off the stage they didn't show this in the movie but she broke her arm and she's in the house and she's really going through it like her partner is like trying to console her and he tries to spoon her and she like punches him in the face and it wasn't like it was just a reaction it was a reflex to her and you could tell in that moment if you know anything about abuse and trauma it was because she had been abused so much and she was really going through it in this one scene and she was just like really really sad and just crying and just like crying out to God she was she started to pray to God she started to say the Lord's prayer 
and you know, so, you know, different things happened. And that's when she gave her life back to God and she sobered up and the rest is history. Oh, well, I will tell you this. Um, she felt like it was time for her to stop singing the secular music and it was time for her to start singing the gospel music. And, uh, and that gospel album is so freaking iconic. If you like music and it's very different, it's like, it's him. She's singing a lot of hymns, a lot of like old gospel if you love music or if you if you've never heard like hymnals or like gospel like black baptist gospel songs i would 100% recommend it they also made a documentary of this process as well and i would definitely they released it in theaters but it was i came out in the 70s and when she put god as her you know, the top of her, of her career, because at the beginning of her career, she's like, I want hits. I just want hits. I just want to make hits. I want to make hits. And she didn't really have them for a long, long time. But when she started to put, you know, she had respect and she had, um, I've never loved a man. And she had like lots of hits, but they said that like this album, the gospel album was like, what really did it? And not only did she had hit, did she have hits? She had roaring success she was the first woman inducted into the rock and roll hall of fame she got awarded by the president she sang for uh, president obama and this woman was a woman who marched with mlk and she got to sing for our first black president so it's like the theme of that is like look at what there's so many themes and these are the themes that i kind of discovered the themes for me, see, I was only trying, this is what happens, y'all. I was like, okay, we're going to make this 30 minutes. And I think we're at like 45 minutes, but I, I'm doing a good job. You know, this is really good. So you can pause me if you need to do something. Okay. <laughs> but I'm on a roll here. So the themes that I, um, that I kind of saw in this movie is, um, one money doesn't erase money and fame. Do not erase your pain. Um, one of the themes was, um, another thing that I recognized was celebrities are people too. Um, there's nothing different about them besides their talent, their bank accounts, and they're, they're just, they're just like us. They bleed just like us. Um, and my, and my last, you know, well, there's two more. Another one was if you have plans or dreams to be famous or great, deal with your trauma first because fame and money will only make it worse. Um, and, my another theme like a lesson that I learned was like to keep God first keep God first and when you have when you put God first instead of fame and money you will see where God will take you I want you to see this movie because I want you to understand what happens when you put God first when they were listing off all of the things that happened after that gospel album I was just like she was fine before she had a lot of hits before she was like so respected and known but see like what does jeremiah 29 11 say let me pull it up because i want to read this to y'all and i did not expect to go in this direction i had a whole different thing that i wanted to teach on but it's okay we'll talk about it on episode two all right jeremiah 29 It says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope in a future. And there is a another translation that says, let me read it to you. Let me read it to you. 
it says um that I will give you an unexpected end slash a hope in your latter end. And that was really what I noticed. Like, she was doing okay. Like, she lived in this gorgeous mansion in LA. She had all these jewels and had all this. I mean, she, you know, little, the little, the pink, the pink Cadillac. She was known for her gowns and her wigs and her class and her, like, she had everything that a person could want, but still she was miserable at the height of her career. But she gave her life to God and look at what God did. God turned it around and she lived the rest of her life was, I'm not saying it was easy. I'm not saying it was perfect. I'm not saying it was peachy keen. I'm saying she, she, it was better and God gave her more than she probably ever could ask for. And I just, you know, it's just amazing it's just amazing. And I keep talking about the, the, the music business because I mean, I love music and I've studied the music business ever since I was little. And because I'm in, I'm in Hollywood, I'm in LA, everybody out here is trying to make it. Everybody's trying to make it to that status, you know, where you're a household name. And I think that one thing that I learned, one thing that I learned truly is that like, don't seek fame. Don't seek it because fame is like, how do I, it's like fame is a drug. And so many other celebrities have said this. So many celebrities have said this, like fame is like a drug and it's like something that you can't get enough of. Like if you're constantly seeking attention, the attention will never be enough. And I really truly feel like as humans, like our, we are not wired to, to, for the, for the concept of fame, for like, Everybody should just like you for don't they don't even know you and they just like you they praise you they give you whatever you want they enable you they're in your business all the time they you know it's like fame is such a weird concept and it's crazy because like there's celebrities everywhere out here they're they're truly everywhere and with masks it's a little bit easier for them to blend in but honestly I see them all the time and I know who they are but I just leave them alone I leave them alone I don't try to ask for a picture I don't try to be creepy because even when like there's a band that me and my sisters follow we followed them we went to like 13 of their concerts and we're probably going to go to 13 more until like we can't go anymore and like at this point we kind of know them but like like even when I would see them like because their concerts would be in like smaller arenas so sometimes like one of the times the my one of my favorite members was like biking around my town and I was just like oh what's up how you doing like I just said hi I wasn't like oh my god like we don't freak out when we meet them because it's just weird like can you imagine somebody that you've never met coming up to you crying jumping up and down like literally having a panic attack like have y'all ever watched like Michael Jackson concerts from like the 90s people were lit they had to call ambulances because people were passing out and it's like I love Michael Jackson too but like what did Michael Jackson ever do to you to where you need to pass out that is like psychotic and like, listen, I love, I love celebrities more than anybody. Like, trust me, I post about them. I talk about them. I know their lives. I pretend like they're my friends. But at the end of the day, like, I know that they're human people because I see them and they're literally not different. They don't have, you know, a bubble around them. They don't have a green glow. They're not radioactive. Like, they're just normal people. They have red blood. Well, I don't know. Some of, some of these people, I don't know. <laughs> they're allegedly humans, but there there's really no difference like if 
you know, if they got, if they, I don't know, if they got COVID, like, like how regular people got COVID, there's no difference. There's no difference. They're just regular people and we give them the power, like, like that we should be giving God. That's what it is. We idolize these people and God should be our only idol. And God was out here literally, Jesus was out here literally like healing people and like really doing something for the world. And look what they did to him. Look what they did to him. But somehow a person sings a song over like, oh my God, I love you so much. Oh my God, do you can do, I was at a concert and a girl said to a person that was singing, you can do anything you want to me. I'm like, and I'm not judging because I've probably have said, I'm, I know I've said things about that because I used to be very, a very fanatic type of person for the, for, you know, for these celebrities. But it's like, instead of, you know, praising, like we give fame. So we give these celebrities so much power to where like, they're able to do whatever they want. And like, that's why I think a lot of this stuff goes on in Hollywood and nobody does anything because we, the consumers, have given these people so much power to where they're not even human. And it's just, that's not okay. It's not okay. And, and I want to say, you know, if you, if you, if you want to make, like everybody wants to go viral and that's fine. Like, I'm not judging that, you know, I'm not judging that at all. It's just like, please, like, let's just, let's just deal with our insides first. (laughs) Deal with your trauma. Deal with your trauma deal with your trauma go to therapy please you know go to see somebody do like start watching some video if you can't afford to go to therapy go to what you can go to like a group what is it called like a um like a group session like go to a support group you can do that on meetup.com there's so many videos on youtube they help me they help me get through the trauma that i've been through there's so many ways you know there's podcasts about dealing with trauma and mental health like do something please heal yourself so that because they say hurt people hurt people and I, I, I don't know Aretha and I never knew her, but I can imagine like she hurt her family because it said in the movie, like they needed to do an intervention on her because she was being very nasty to her family, to her sisters that loved her. So I, I just want to encourage you all to, you know, everybody has trauma. Like I name somebody that don't have trauma. Name one because I, I would like to meet them. I would like to meet them because they can't be human because so many of us are walking around with these freaking broken hearts and we're we're doing so because we don't because we're, our hearts are broken we're saying stuff to people that that we're breaking their hearts and it's just it's just a chain reaction so i've said a lot but i really want y'all to go see the movie i cried the entire movie tears of joy and just like just tears of sadness for her and like a lot of people said like even my grandma said like oh she always seemed so sad you know and because she dealt with a lot of this she dealt with a lot of, she never, never dealt with some of this. And I don't know what happened in her latter end of her life, but it seemed as though she lived a very full, full and rewarding life. And I just, I want to encourage everybody to, to just deal with your trauma and just know that these celebrities, like they are people too. And a lot of them, I've been watching a lot of like story, like a lot of bio, biopics and like, um, you know, just, biographies and different things about singers and a lot of them come from a very similar path and a lot of them fall into drugs and into alcohol and so very destructive behaviors and they you know my love the love of my life with Miss Whitney Houston you know I was just watching a, a series on her life and 
just what she went through and people look at addicts like they're just they're junkies and they're just oh they're just a you know they're just useless but no they're 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 trying to drown out the the demons the demons that they've dealt with for their entire lives they're being exalted by in the entire universe but they they these folks like like even they said Whitney and Aretha had deep insecurities like Whitney Whitney was the most beautiful most talented and she struggled they allegedly struggled with her weight and and I mean Miss Aretha too but they even her sister said that Aretha had a deep 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 insecurity she didn't think she was good enough and we can all agree that she was she's one of the greatest singers of history on this universe in the galaxy let's be honest i don't know that i don't know how well the aliens can sing but i don't know that anybody can sing like my girl aretha franklin okay she had one of the greatest voices ever 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 and she didn't think she was good enough we gotta deal with these issues that we have y'all imagine if she knew how good she was imagine if she knew who she was and maybe she found that out later in life i really hope she did but imagine what, imagine if Whitney didn't, re, you know, didn't think that she was disgusting and she, then, you know, things would be very different. So I want to encourage you all to just take a look inside and what, what needs to, how does your heart need to be mended? You know, how does your heart need to be mended? And I wish you all just love and joy and peace. And I, you know, I want to do this every episode if you do not have the Lord Jesus as your Jesus Christ as your personal savior, I want to give you an, an invitation right now to say the sinner's prayer. The sinner's prayer is God, I recognize that Jesus Christ is your one and only begotten son who died on the cross for my sins. I realize and recognize that I am a sinner and I need Jesus to cleanse me, to make me whole, and I receive salvation. You don't have to say exactly how I said it. You just need to let the Lord know that you are recognizing that you are a sinner and that Jesus died for you and that Jesus is his one and only son. And say, you just need to say, cleanse me and and make me new in Jesus' name, amen. And that's how you are saved and that that's how you have everlasting life. And you have you will if when you when your body dies you will be in heaven with Jesus forever and and when you know who you are and the bible says in Romans 8 that we are adopted as sons through a sonship through Jesus Christ so that we can call him abba father i think abba is like hebrew for for father but it's like it's like the word daddy it's like an intimate word and it says that like Jesus or God couldn't see us. Like God can't see us because we are covered in sin. We have a sin nature. You don't have to teach a child how to lie. You don't have to teach a child how to share or to how to how to be selfish. A child already knows that because it's in our heart. We're born with that. We're born with sinful nature and we need Jesus. We need our parents to like help us and to show us how to be like civilized humans. Um, but we need Jesus to like cleanse our soul. So when Jesus died... Jesus, God doesn't see our sin. God sees Jesus and he, by his grace and mercy, accepts us and loves us. So just like, just like the inheritance that the, um, the prodigal, the prodigal son, he went and, you know, asked for an inheritance. It's the same thing. Like we have an inheritance. 
with Christ, with Jesus, with God. And it's, it's ever, it's, it's life that does not end when the world ends. Cause the world is going to end. And some people are going to go to hell and some people are going to go to heaven. Where do you want to go? Where do you want to go? You want to take your chance on that? I don't. <laughs> I don't. I've been through enough hell on this freaking earth. Why would I want to go to another hell? That that makes no sense to me. The, the Bible also says fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Who wants to walk around being dumb? Not me. I've done a lot of dumb things. Most of the things I've done in life have been dumb. I'm, I don't want to be dumb anymore. <laughs> so I, I invite you into the family of, of, of believers of, of Jesus Christ and, you know, pick up a Bible or just pull it up on your phone, the Holy Bible, read your Bible every day, and you'll learn more about this. I'm not an expert, okay? I made a lot of mistakes in my life. I've done a lot of foolish things, but because of God, because of Jesus, God doesn't see that. And God has welcomed me into the family. Just like when the father was like, get the ring, get the signet, sig- signet, signal, get the, get the, um, get the pinky ring, get the, kill the fattest cow. And my, you wouldn't kill the cow in my house. It would be like, get the greatest plant, <laughs> get the tofu. You know, if you don't eat animals, get the, get the best tofu, get the, get the, what do you call it? When you, um, never mind. we're, we're getting on a tangent here. And <laughs> get get the get the most luxurious meal ready. We pop in bottles because our our son or our daughter has come back to the family. It's come into the family, you know. And I just want to share that with y'all. And I want to do that every episode. I want to invite y'all. How it's like. Um, there's an actress. She used to be on Disney. She says, "If there's a snake in the grass, and I know that it's lurking, it's gonna come bite you. Who? What kind of friend would I be not to tell you that there's a snake in the grass? I'm letting you know there's a snake in the grass. There's a snake in the grass. Accept Jesus as your savior, and 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 then watch your life completely transform. I'm so thankful that you listened today. Thank you so much, and I I really just hope that you join me next week. Okay, so that got heavy real fast. I was not planning on going this way for this episode. I was going to do a whole nother episode, but you know what? Jesus took the wheel (laughs) and I am so glad that we had this opportunity to talk about this. And, you know, I want to let y'all know that my DMs are always open at Audacious Audacious Adri Show and we can always talk. I always want to be here for you all and be support system. And I always want to open, open up the the open up the room for a conversation. You know, we're all on a journey together. So let's let's just have conversations. I've been doing like these stories. I've been make well, I've been having a lot of hot takes lately. Huh? I've just been like, let's talk about it. And I've been saying, like, what do y'all think? And I really want to have conversations because I feel like it's a way to learn and grow. I know I say things that people don't agree with and people say things that I don't agree with. And I think sometimes people are like very on a hill, on a high hill about their opinions. And that's cool because we have, we live in a society that gives people a platform and it's cool. And I'm glad that we live in America where we can say these things. And I think it's important that we, even if you disagree, have a conversation. There's somebody that I know that they're having a debate about something that's really, really hot, but an issue right now that I'm not getting into. But I was like, well, what do you, they, they had a differing opinion. And I said, well, what do you think about that? And she's like, well, I don't know. We're going to have, we're going to have, you know, coffee this week and we're going to talk it out. And I'm like, yes, 
that I feel is like what we need to be doing. I feel like if we can be adult enough to like not kill each other and like not cut each other's heads off if we have differing opinions that's fine but see what we do and I didn't mean to do that I didn't want to do this but this is just it's coming out raw um we cancel each other and we block each other and we delete each other and we just completely move on we don't have differing opinions what is it like that you're around people that have the same kind of opinions all around you I, I remember when I worked in a church, I re, like theology, theology, people get degrees off of theology. There's like millions of books, you know, written off of theology because we don't necessarily know exactly what these folks were saying. And so many people have different, differing opinions. Now, if we can agree that Jesus is the son of God and Jesus was on a cross, like we can agree for like the main points, that's fine. But some people agree that like, okay, well, Jesus meant this when he said this, or, you know, Abraham said this and he meant this and Paul said this and he meant this and like, it's okay we can have a differing opinion and I said this when I was like a fake activist um as long as your opinion doesn't like diminish like my existence and you're just like no actually no like you're stupid or like like black lives don't matter actually you know what I mean like if it doesn't if it diminishes like who I am and like completely just like in like I don't know the word see I don't see (laughs) I'm so tired. If it like if it's disrespectful, then that's a whole nother conversation. But if we can sit together and you can say, I see you and you see me and we may have differing opinions, but you are still a human to me and I'm still acknowledging you. then that's fine. You know, so I, I love that we can have conversations. If you disagree with me, come into my inbox. I'm OK with I am totally at a place in my life where people can disagree with me. I've had so many different opinions and like I, those opinions have changed. There's things I've said on this podcast in season one. I don't even agree with what I've said. I don't even agree with what I said from freaking six months ago. You know what I mean? Like people grow and they change or you just, you can having a conversation with somebody else that didn't agree with me can have to, could have changed my mind. So let's have conversations. I'm so glad that you came here. <laughs> I'm so glad that we can share in this moment together. And I hope that you enjoy this episode. Please share it. Share it with your friends. Share it with your family. Like Alexander Rogers says, share it with a coworker that you hate. You know, let's spread love, okay? And if you can and you want to, please become a Patreon, a patron, and, and support my work that I'm doing. Patreon.com, Patreon.com slash Audacious Adri Show. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We'll talk to you soon.